Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. If you were here on Wednesday, what you heard me say was that when I look around our village, I don't see that many people who are like wildly sinful and need to repent. But all of us need to think about what it is to draw nearer to the living God, right? We may be trying to live our lives as, as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, but, but maybe we have things that kind of get in the way and we need to uh, spend this time trying to open ourselves to grow spiritually and to be closer to the living God. And so we have this traditional text that is a reflection of the Lenten journey in which Jesus is tempted or tested in the wilderness. Now, the Greek word there could be translated either way, as tested or as tempted, and I think it actually in the Greek is trying to say both, and they're not the same thing. You know, to be tested is essentially to ask, well, what have you learned and what do you know and what are you going to do and say, right? Do you, are you going to pass the test? But to be tempted is to have someone place before you something that they want to convince you you need, right? Uh, listen, adverti advertising is nothing but temptation. Uh, sometime during the Christmas season, I got an email or a Facebook ad or something, and it was like for a Christmas spatula. <laughs> now, listen, that wasn't very well targeted, because if it's not about coffee, it's probably not something I would ever be tempted to buy for a kitchen. But I knew there was someone out 
they're going. Christmas spatula, I have to have that. And if it was you, I apologize. (laughs) They try to convince us to tempt us to get something that we probably don't really need and really isn't going to make a difference in our lives. I think we can all walk around and open our closet doors and see all the temptation that we have saved up for a lifetime, and it didn't really uh, make us better and happier and so forth. So Jesus goes out in, into the wilderness, is tempted uh, by the devil, and, you know, uh, Pastor Brian was right, Diabolos there in Greek is really the one who misrepresents. Uh, the, the, the devil is really the one who, who's going to put out a, a lie and trying to, to convince you that it's the truth. And every time Jesus is tested or tempted, he, he, he always says, nope, not going there. And he passes every test and he resists every temptation. And so, of course, this text says to us, look at who Jesus is. This is why you follow him. He is the one who is of God and uh, can resist the normal things in human life. Now, that's great. It's really important to have some sense of who uh, Jesus is. But I want to tell us, of course, that this text has something to say about us and about our journey through Lent. And the first thing that's really important to see here is in verse 1, when we're talking about the wilderness, The Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. Now, first of all, there are too many Christians out there who say once you are baptized, and Jesus was just baptized, and you confess God, everything's going to be great from there on out. But look what happens to Jesus. The minute he's baptized, he ends up in the wilderness. And the second thing you need to know about the wilderness is often the wilderness is not a place that we have created and inhabit because of our sin. Jesus did not sin, and here he is in the wilderness. You see, so often the wilderness happens to us rather than us doing something that places us in the wilderness. You know, this scene is telling us very clearly that as human beings, we are going to face times in the wilderness. We are going to face a pandemic that we don't expect. We are going to uh, face a medical diagnosis. We are going to face a layoff at work. We are going to face broken relationships. We are going to face things that come to us as wilderness times. And it doesn't mean that we haven't been faithful to God. Instead, it means that is the human condition that things will happen. And we will, sooner or later, find ourselves in the wilderness. But Jesus shows us what we should do. 
on this journey of life when we find ourselves in a place that we might think of as wilderness because wilderness times are actually opportunities for us to grow in God. The wilderness is a place where you're not sure how you're going to make it through there. But when you come out the other side, you're going to say the wilderness was the worst place ever. But God saw me through. And you become stronger in your faith by the way you face the wilderness. Now, the first thing that Jesus places before us when you're in the wilderness, clearly Jesus stands on the Word of God. Now, if you remember back in the Christmas season, I know it was so long ago, but we had this Sunday where we talked about Jesus at the age of 12. And he's in the temple, and then he goes back home uh, to Nazareth and is obedient to his parents, and he grows in wisdom and truth. Jesus clearly spent at least 18 years studying the Word of God before he was ready to step out into ministry. And if it takes Jesus 18 years to master the Scriptures... How long do you think it's going to take us? Do you think we can, like, uh, learn the scriptures when we're, you know, a kid and then we've got it for life? Do you think uh, we can go to seminary and then, boy, that's it, we've mastered all of God's word? We have to grow in our knowledge and wisdom, in our understanding of the scriptural witnesses. So, in the Lenten season, the question is, how are you studying God's Word? Are you in uh, one of our Bible studies? Are you going to Sunday school? Are you going to the Wednesday night class, the Thursday night class, my Monday morning class? Are you studying and growing in God's Word? And the other thing is you could be doing a daily devotional. You could be doing something that is putting before you the Word of God and making you think and grow. You have heard me say, too many of us are stuck in third grade or fifth grade Bible teachings. And over the course of our life, it's going to be hard to, hard to stand on what we knew as children. The Word of God and the teachings of Scripture should always take us deeper and make us stronger in our faith. So that we, like Jesus, when something uh, of the wilderness comes to us, we can say, it is written, I know what God says, and I can stand on the promises and the word of God. So, again, the first thing in Lent and the first thing in the wilderness is, are you relying on the word of God? Are you studying the scriptures? Are you growing in what the Word says, says, which is why uh, there's hardly a Sunday when I don't challenge you with, you you think the Scriptures say, but did you ever notice? Because that's how we grow in the Word. Don't get stuck 
in your fifth grade understanding. Can you imagine if you only knew your fifth grade understanding of anything else? How would your adulthood be? Okay. All right. So, Jesus, first of all, gives us this example of the importance of standing firm in the scriptural witnesses and growing and learning them across our lifetime. But then there's a second thing here, and that is that Jesus, in the wilderness, places God at the center, places God first, clings to God. There are so many times that people are going to put before us all kinds of solutions. Now, that is not to say if you've got a medical situation, you're not going to take medicine. Of course you should take the medicine. But so many times people will try to convince you that there is another thing that will be better for you. That you can go another way. Look, if you just do this, if you just make more money, your life will be so much better. And Jesus says, no, God. In fact, what's really interesting in this third test of Diabolos, of Jesus, he quotes scripture. Did you know that? The devil quotes Psalm 91, and Jesus knows that he is misrepresenting the Word of God to try and get him to do what he shouldn't really do. How many times do people pose questions that they want you to think are based upon Scripture and they're not really at all? Ooh, that's a dangerous one. Again, why you need to know the scriptures so very well. These three questions come to Jesus, and every time Jesus says, you know what, I'm in the wilderness, but I'm going to stand firm in God. And here's the thing, when you're in the wilderness, and you hit rock bottom, don't ever forget, your bottom is on the rock. Can I say that? When you hit rock bottom, your bottom is on the rock. The rock never moves. The rock is steadfast. The rock is faithful. The only way you're going to move away from the rock is to choose to walk away from God. And Jesus says when you're in the wilderness, when you're in the Lenten season, choose God, choose God, choose God. Ask yourself, am I saying God and God only is the center of my life. I want to take you back two weeks to a sermon that I preached on. You've all forgotten already. The Garden of Eden. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. We remembered him. And in the, in the Garden of Eden, I suggested that the serpent, now you've got to see some parallels here between Jesus in the wilderness and the Garden of Eden. The serpent is basically, you know, man and woman, they're together posing two questions. You remember these? The question of, do you really need God? 
Right? You can go where you want to go. You're living a good life. Everything's fine. Do you really need God? The devil's asking Jesus. Do you really need God? If you'll worship me, I'll give you all kinds of good stuff. Do you? And Jesus says, no. You know what? I really need God. And then the second question we got in the Garden of Eden at the beginning was that question of, do you want to be more and to have more? Because you can be more and have more, and here it is. And that's exactly what the devil is saying to Jesus. Look, I can give you all the stuff in the world. I can give you all the power in the world. I can make you immortal. I can make you be more. I can make you have more. And you know, Jesus says, yeah, but I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm created in the image of God. I am the Son of God. I am a child of the living God. And I am fine. Just the way I am. Get thee away from me. You see, our Lenten journey should be, again, focused on those two questions. Do I really live my life in a way where I'm saying I need God? And do I think that I can be more and have more even if God is providing for me as I am? This Lenten season is this opportunity for us to see how we are living and who we are serving and what we really want. And Jesus has shown us that if we will rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter what wilderness test comes our way, we can stand firm in the Word of God. And resist the idea that this life and who God has made us is not enough. People of God, you are enough. People of God, I suspect most of us have enough. We don't need a Christmas spatula. Last time I checked. (laughs) But we do need God. We do need to stand firm and know the Word of God. And these are the choices that are placed before us. And I wonder how we will choose to spend our Lenten season. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.